Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cloud Wars Live. This is the podcast where we're digging into the digital revolution and the extraordinary impact that it's having on our professional lives, our personal lives, and everywhere in between, if there is any space in between there these days. And one of the things that we've seen uh, over the last 12 to 18 months, and really in the last six to nine months, has been this rise of uh, focus on industry-specific applications and then the role that ecosystems play with that. So, uh, I think it's been a, a terrific subject overall. There's so much interest from customers, and I think the vendors are trying to get this right. We wonder if sometimes, you know, how those vendors are positioning these new capabilities and solutions, especially with the whole Gen AI phenomenon making everything spin on its head a little bit, is really important. We want to get into that a little today. So we've got a world-class expert with us today, Ashlyn Brewer, who's Senior Vice President at Standing Partnership to discuss this. Ashlyn, welcome. Good to see you. Oh, great to see you, Bob. I always love talking with you about industries. I know we've both been following this for a long time, partner ecosystems. Feels like the topics that you're talking about are the, the ones that are our world as well. Yeah, yeah. Ashlyn, uh, you know, at different times, not, uh, I don't mean specifically you and me, but, you know, we everybody gets into conversations sometimes. And when you're either the talking or listening, you're wondering, is this other person sort of in the same conversation I'm in? Because the subject's right, but we seem to be a question or answer offer behind it. I feel that way sometimes uh, with some of the, the tech vendors and their approach to industry solutions. They're clearly very enthusiastic and energetic. They're getting it. But I think sometimes there's still too much of the talk coming from the tech developer side and less so from the customer and what I want, need, and you know where am I going to be in 12 or 18, 24 months? So what, what's your view on this? And you know, from a, a big picture, how do you see you know, where we stand right now? Yeah, it's a great question. And I, I think what you're picking up on is there's so much excitement by the tech players on their vertical strategies and their partner ecosystem strategies. So much energy around it. But I think if you're being honest, most of them are really not built for those strategies. Yeah. Their overall go-to-market approach from the marketing organization to the sales structure, to how they do enablement, even customer success, they are not built to be industry-led. They yeah. are not built to be partner-led. And I think you see them make great hires, really try to make strides, maybe build out new products, build out new capabilities but they often feel like they're working with the resources of a startup instead of a giant company. And there's this gap between what the organization was built to bring to market and what they're trying to do now. And I think the people who are responsible for industry growth, who are responsible for partner growth, generally they feel like they're only scratching the surface of the potential because it's too big of a machine to move um, with into these new areas. Yeah, and, and Ashley, I just want to touch on the one thing you brought up about the ecosystems, right? Because it wasn't that long ago, you know, not so many years ago, the so-called experts were saying, well, the cloud is going to kill the ecosystem, right? You know, because there won't be any need for it. And in fact, uh, the ecosystem growth and opportunity and innovation and their contribution toward business outcome has never been higher. So, um, the, you know, that introduction of a, an, an additional party, the vendor, the partner, and the customer. So I think while that has the potential to add a great deal of value and you know interesting ideas and innovation, 
it also brings a little bit of a, not confusion, but again, more need for more clarity than the right sort of focus on these topics. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the industry strategies are so important, but the partner strategies are often how they get into new markets, like into new buyers. How many of these technology players' strategy is to expand into a new buyer type or into a new new part of the enterprise where they don't have credibility, they don't have relationships, and they need their partners to do that for them. So those strategies are so important, but just like with industries, they, they just aren't what is comfortable in terms of a selling motion for most of these organizations. Yeah. And and I think there's also this residual um, impression in the minds of customers. Well, the, the channel people are the ones that they get paid to drop off the product and leave or maybe do an installation. So it's it's the impression is not reflective of where the ecosystem is today in the same way with the industry stuff like, well, it's this arcane stuff that only needs to be used by a few people. And it's uh, at the tech vendor, you know, as you alluded to, it's in this little uh, skunk works thing over in a different building. And we really don't have any engagement. It's it's totally flipped now. And the industry strategies and capabilities are being brought right into the mainstream of all the major vendors products. Yeah, yeah, I think they're they're at the forefront of the strategy. It's just that the implementation and the ability to implement successfully or at scale is not there yet for for most. And Ashlyn, and so with that, right? Um, you know, there's the technology companies were started to be fantastic tech companies, right? They you didn't start a tech company to be a you know world class messaging company, uh, but along the way they've had to overcome this notion of saying, I'm selling very technical stuff to very technical people and I need to use very technical language. And today that need for different sorts of language and a different sort of messaging is is quite different. And that's so much of what your company, you know, has developed the expertise to help these tech companies do. So what's sort of your report card on on where they stand right now and what they need to do better? Sure. I mean, it's a great question. And I think it's really a reflection of this moment that this is this is not the easiest market to be selling into the enterprise. It is a noisy market. There are so many players who are trying to sell in, especially to the enterprise C-suite, um, into yeah. different areas within the business. And um, at the same time, you've got the leaders within that who want to be very strategic about their investments. No one wants this, this vast digital sprawl. And I don't think very many tech companies have enterprise messaging. I, I think a lot of them don't meet the moment with, for that. And what we see happen is one, what you've described, where it's so deep in the technicality that it kind of falls short of telling a value story. But then on the other side, you have messaging that's so high level that it almost doesn't say anything or it says the same thing as everyone else. There are probably hundreds of businesses pushing out messaging about accelerating digital transformation, for instance. So there's there's got to be this middle ground in between so technical that it's only attractive to a small handful of people and doesn't break through and so high level that your eyes sort of glaze over and it doesn't capture yeah. attention. And that is where I think we see the um, industry strategies and the partner strategies really helping there, yeah. um, that they drive industry strategies. And I know we've talked about this before, 
they really drive tech players to solve more complex and unique challenges. And that creates opportunities for them to tell really specific and relevant stories. And then those partner strategies are giving them access and credibility to new decision makers, to new players within the enterprise. And that's critical for this matrix buying process we live in. And they need to make the most of that opportunity by talking about the value they add, not this high level brand story, not technical, get to the value story. And Ashley, I think that's, you know, as you've described that, I think it really nailed that. And it seems particularly true because, right, this, you mentioned the term digital transformation. And one of the things that's happened with that is companies sort of change how they operate. They change the technology that supports those operations. They're also changing their org structure and bringing in now new voices to the purchasing, mm -hmm. uh, the, the buying committee in some ways. So you've got new people coming in. And if most even, people who bought tech for a long time, if they're sort of tired or they're not inspired by traditional deep tech talk, these new folks are certainly turned off by it. And it's it's not just they're, they're not going to get the formulas. They're not going to get it at all. They're going to think, mm -hmm. okay, there's got to be somebody who understands my business, my industry, my needs, and my vision better than somebody that comes in and wants to talk to me like, you know, I'm the uh, director of architecture here. So that too seems to be something that the tech companies have to grasp the ability to talk to these newcomers in, as you say, this business value and business outcome theme. Yeah, you're dead on. And I think it is, it's not like it's not hard. Of course, it's, it's extremely challenging to find compelling ways to talk to audiences, to, to people you're not comfortable and haven't historically had to talk to in terms of their industry strategy, their industry uh, challenges that the challenges associated with their particular role, but that's what makes these strategies so attractive is that if you do it right, it can have such an impact. Yeah, and Ashlyn, one sort of particular on that, and what I'd love to get your take on is, right? You've said that it's it's a good step forward for some of the tech companies to talk about their customers, and you know that has its place; it's very legitimate. But also, the messaging then has to be a special sort of messaging for the customers. Yeah. What's, what's that split all about? Yeah. And maybe, maybe I mean, a little fancy with the words there, but what the heart of that, what that means is a mistake I often see the tech players make, or maybe a, 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 something you don't want to get trapped in is just sort of regurgitating common knowledge into the market. It's so often in the first few slides of a pitch deck in the content marketing, it's sort of just like 101 for if you're selling into uh, financial services, financial services 101 is the first few slides, first few statements. If you're selling into a new HR persona, that that's the first few slides and that's the, the first section. And you're kind of communicating about trends that are well known to the industry and aren't really bringing anything new. And that's talking about your buyers. It's not truly talking to them. It's not something that's adding a lot of value to them. And the infancy, and the reason I think that has its place is that in the infancy of your strategy, I think it's okay to communicate that you have a baseline understanding of their world, that you, you understand these markets. But I don't think that you can stop there. I think that that's just a step on the journey because real success is going to come when you make sure every aspect of your go-to-market machine is adding value to buyers. 
And yeah. that means you have to go beyond talking about them and bringing new ideas and perspectives to them and telling them something they didn't know, teaching them something they didn't know, maybe giving them counter ideas about ways they could approach things mm-hmm. and bringing tools and resources to them that will make them more successful. Yeah. Um, Ashley, you know, over the last uh, several weeks, I have been at uh, very big, you know, annual events from Google Cloud and Oracle and Workday. And, you know, in the course of those adventures, I talked to a lot of the salespeople from these organizations and sales leaders. So, yeah, they've got a job that's sort of complicated enough. You've got this new technology that's rolling out. They've got to be able to talk, you know, intelligently and persuasively about that. Then on the customer side, the customer's businesses are changing they need new things. They've got new business models, new processes and all that. Then somebody comes along and says, oh, hey, yeah. And on top of that, now you got to learn all these different industries. And in your spare time, we want you also to go make figure out a new way to play nice with the ecosystem people, because it's not going to, you don't want to put the customer in the middle of that. You want to work collaboratively with them. Um, so that is a fairly complex thing. How can these tech companies try to help equip their sales organizations with the right sort of messages that pick up on some of the themes that you've mentioned over the past few minutes. Yeah, I, I think you're you're really hitting on something, which is, mm. you know, th- we talked earlier about industries and partners being newer motions for many of these tech players. And I think the sales team is where the strategies either come to life or they fizzle out. But yeah. so few people are really prioritizing enablement around either industries or selling with the partner ecosystem. And I think really to do that well, you have to start with getting clear with the sales team about what the priorities are. Because if the strategy isn't clear or it changes every quarter, sales is going to wait it out because no seller can realistically Go make build relationships with everyone in your partner ecosystem while learning your top 10 industries. No, no human, no matter how motivated they are, can do that. Yeah. But if it's clear to you which markets are priorities, which partners they need to prioritize, you will have the opportunity to capture their attention and then to mobilize them. And I think it's about giving them, once they know what the priorities are, it's just about giving them the right tools. And this is where I wish marketing and enablement teams collaborated a little bit more. I think that too often the marketing skill set sort of stops at generating the lead and doesn't go in further to helping equip sales team. But to do either of these things, right? The partner strategy, the industry strategy, sales teams really need access and they deserve access to that messaging. They need slide decks and templates and resources that stand out and and they need training that goes beyond just one webinar. It, It has to be baked into the process. And so it ultimately, if you are pursuing these strategies and you're not bringing sales team along for that journey, you're not going to see the success that you believe you should have with these strategies. You know, Ashlyn, as you described that, you know, it makes so much sense, right? you got the marketing team and they're traditionally, their set of responsibilities goes up to here, stop. Sales enablement then steps in and goes from here forward, but that there's not always a good handoff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about, uh, what, what's your view on these new sort of org structures that a lot of the tech companies are putting forward 
because if we could look at that as like a uh, seller-centric model, marketing people do this, then enablement does that, and then you know, and so on. Instead, if they orient around the customer and say, what's the customer life cycle like? And how do I ensure there aren't any of these gaps that, uh, you know, where the customer looks at this and say, wait a minute, how do I connect here to there? Do you think there's, uh, are we seeing a rise of these, put the customer at the middle of things, uh, that sort of org approach that'll overcome that challenge you've just described? I think we are. I, I think the idea of putting the customer at the center is very intuitive. I, I think it's hard to build around, but I think those who have done it have seen early success with it. I think the, the challenge with a structure is making it scalable and not breaking what's working to build what, what's coming new. So I think when it comes to designing the structures, people are always really cautious and really ultimately no matter what the structure is that you prepare, you have to just get the prioritization is the first thing that's missing. And even in a customer-centered structure, if you haven't figured out what your sales priorities are, you're just still going to go right at the customer. So there, there's, I think structure will solve part of it, but I think prioritization is the the real missing element. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. And, you know, uh, along those lines, Ashlyn, if you could, you know, in some ways, uh, put together a you know a four point strategy plan for some of these tech companies uh, to pull all these pieces together what would what would that four point plan or three or five point what however many points you have what would that look like yeah let's see if i can do it in four so, okay um first would be knowing what those growth drivers are like we just said if you know what industries what markets what buyer personas are most important for you um, that's like this, the center of it, a short prioritized list of growth drivers. And then behind those, that truly differentiated, interesting message. Don't make messaging a perfunctory exercise. Truly build your story, your message behind each of those growth drivers. And then, then go big behind those messages in a cross-functional way, you know, putting the customer at the center, but pulling in all of the skill sets of your marketing, your full marketing team, your sales enablement team, the field, the regions, bring everyone aligned to go big in campaigns that bring those messages into market. And then I think ultimately really bringing sales into the journey and knowing that it doesn't matter what you put into market at the top of the funnel if sales and even customer success can't carry it through. Yeah. So those would be growth drivers, messaging, campaigns, and enablement would probably be the the fourth, the sequence of the battle plan I would recommend. All right. Um, and last question on this, Ashlyn. What? So you've got the plan, and if somebody looks at it, says you and say, okay, you know, standing partnership, we like this approach. How long do we have to get this right? What What would you urge them in? terms of them setting a timetable for being able to move up this uh this scale yeah i mean it's a great question and i have to say i think my answer on this has changed this year seeing the rise of generative ai i i think we've got accelerators in the market right now and we are the market is getting even more crowded the barrier to bringing 
your ideas to market is really low right now. And so I think people should be starting now. I think people should be, should be doing these things today. And in some ways that might mean making hard decisions now about 2024, because they're not going to be able to pursue 10 industries at scale and be really effective. I think that growth driver conversation should be happening now and they should be looking and ready to implement in 2024. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ashton, this has been a great conversation. You've raised a lot of interesting points that I think, you know, the smart companies are going to listen to and think about before you wrap up. Can I offer you the last word? Any other uh, thoughts you want to be sure to share? Yeah, I mean, I think I would just say that this is really fun stuff to be working on. I think the the reason a lot of people get into tech and get into this space is because of that drive of solving problems. And I truly believe that industry strategies and partner strategies are some of the most effective ways to be solving problems and to be solving more complex and challenging problems and actually making the world better. And that's trite, but I think everything we talked about is the the nuance of how it's tricky to do it right. But the big picture is this is cool work to be on. And if people, people should be fighting to get into this space, I think, because it's some of the coolest work out there. Yeah, uh, right. You got, you know, in the industry side of things, uh, the healthcare revolution, the in agriculture, you know, new ways to feed the world, mm-hmm. education, higher ed, you know, new sorts of jobs, new sort of potential, uh, sustainability issues. I sure agree with you, Ashlyn. It, this is not just, you know, another day in the salt mines. This is world changing stuff that reaches the lives, touches the lives of billions of people every single day. So, uh, I share your enthusiasm for it and hope that uh, lots of folks will, uh, their ears will perk up as they hear your ideas here and want to take those forward. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's always great to talk with you, Bob. Thanks for making the time for it. Ashlyn Brewer, Senior Vice President of Standing Partnership. Thank you. Always enjoy these conversations. And thank you for this special episode of Cloud Wars Live. Folks, 